Good morning, Kentucky Wesleyan Panther and Panther fans. My name is Dylan Yates. I'm joined by James Noble, and we're here to talk about one thing and one thing only. That's football. We're joined by a few special guests today. The first man is entering his second year, leading the program into a total culture shift. He has taken this last spring and this fall camp to really instill in us a brotherhood on the team and a fight for your brother attitude. He played in his glory days at Kentucky Christian University and graduated in 2012. We're also joined by someone who took over the defense last year, a man who's an Ohio native and has been on the coaching staff since 2020. Coaching four-time All-American Keyshawn Walker, as well as the great Shedrick Kirk and Raymond Jackson, as a safeties and cornerbacks coach. He also had some of his glory days back at Ohio Wesleyan and graduated from Kent State in 2018. You see, I went on the Wikipedia for that. Yeah, that's y'all both there for sure. <laughs> yes, good. sir. I did my research before. How are y'all doing? Good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed. Blessed to be here. Blessed to be here. Got my boy James with me today. How you doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> Mr. Noble doesn't do too much talking. <laughs> not too much. Not too much. <laughs> not too much. By the way, um, that was a great intro, but my name is Coach Young. I'm the guy that graduated from Kentucky Christian University, and I'm with my guy. I'm Coach Fraze. I'm the guy who graduated from Kent State <laughs> there University. There we go. Represent. Yes, there we go. Gold there flashes, we're, baby. Now we're in there. <laughs> now we're in. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can just start by talking about uh, y'all's histories and kind of how you got to where you are now. So, James, you had a few questions about uh, kind of. Yes. I'm going to start off with Coach Fraze. What made you get into coaching? Uh, you want the true story or? Yeah, the true story. <laughs> true story. I actually have like a really, really wild story about how I got to like, <laughs> no, no, into college coaching. I wouldn't mm-hmm. expect nothing there's, less. There's a lot of like stuff that went on behind the scenes. But no, what honestly got me into coaching was um, probably my high school basketball coach. Um, just because it was a situation where. My high school basketball team, a lot of really good players. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't playing a whole lot. So I kind of got to see um, the game from a different lens as far as, like, coming off the bench, being that role player, but then still being able to, you know, do the little things you have to do and not be pouting and whatnot. So I think those lessons I learned in high school. Um, and then just my love for the game of football. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to the NFL. Um, I mean, I wouldn't play D3 football. I mean, it is what it is. So just – just having those experiences through high school and then being able to match my passion and love for uh, just the game itself. So uh, what made you uh, like kind of commit to a school that you committed and uh, like join, go to that school? Um, so when I was getting recruited, um, I, I got have, so Ohio has a lot of um, universities and colleges in the area. I mean, they are huge for D3 football, tons of D2 schools, um, also tons of MAC schools, mm-hmm. um, FBS. I mean, then you still got – the Ohio States of the world, which yeah, I knew I wasn't yeah. going to go to. Um, but originally when I was getting recruited out of high school, I'm not going to lie, I kind of made – I didn't make the right choice going to where I went. Um, I actually had a small football offer to go to Notre Dame College at the time. But at the time it was a small school. They didn't even have a home field. They were playing on a high school. So I kind of took the route to where I went where a couple of my other buddies were going. Yeah, uh, I went yeah. where I was comfortable. They had nice facilities. You know, it was a D3. But mm-hmm. at that point I didn't care. Um, so I wish I would have went to Notre Dame College, but I ended up going to Ohio Wesleyan. But I mean, a lot of it came down to who was recruiting me. Um, the guy who was actually yeah. recruiting me there was an alumni of my high school. Mm, so I, okay. co- I felt comfortable okay. with all that. Um, but then my one downfall I had looking back, just what I know now is I went through the recruiting process by myself. Like when I got recruited, there wasn't Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was coaches <laughs> Facebook messaging you. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and my parents just didn't know what they didn't know. So yeah, I kind of yeah. went... I kind of went into the whole recruiting process blind, didn't know a whole lot. Like, if I knew what I knew now, like, I probably would have easily got my school paid for by somebody. Yeah. But I just I just didn't know what I knew, and, and the world was different than it is today. So you were you recruited as a receiver or uh, a safety? Uh, so I got recruited as a receiver, and then my sophomore <laughs> year, 
I went over and played safety because they didn't have the numbers over there. Oh, I got you. Um, I, got you. I mean, that that receiving core at that school, I mean, it was pretty loaded. A lot of yeah, yeah. they brought in some guys who could easily win play scholarship football. So I ended up making the jump because I knew I had a better opportunity to get on the field and whatnot. I got you. I got you. Um, now, Coach Young, we can talk about uh, kind of you and uh, I guess leading up to you playing college ball and kind of what your decision was going into that. Um, me growing up, man, it was just it was either go to college or go to the Army. So my dad wasn't big in the Army. My whole family was in the Army, and I, I wasn't going into the Army. Um, so I just figured out I had to go to college and do something. Um, and I played baseball. I thought I was going to go to college to play baseball more so than football. Um, but going into my senior year, I started getting recruited by uh, Georgetown, Camelsville, um, mostly NAI schools in Kentucky. Um, and Kentucky Christian was just starting up their program, and I wasn't big into religion or anything like that. So I just thought it was pretty cool to go out there for a visit. Um, and then when I went out there for a visit, everybody was cool, um, and I just really liked the feel out there. And it was something different. Um, and, you know, at that time and age, I wasn't making college decisions for the right choices. Um, so it was a lot of things that was different out there that I liked. Um, and so I decided to go out there, a new program, start something new, start something fresh. Um, it was, it, they gave me the most money. So it was easier for me to go there um, than go into the Army. So that was my decision leading up to it. It was either go to college and play some kind of sports or go into the Army. And I wasn't going to do that. So we're at in life. This is a question for both of y'all. Did y'all cross paths with each other? <laughs> <laughs> um, we was at uh, USA Football, and uh, Coach Frazier was already there for a week. He was there at the developmental games, or not the developmental games, but the training camp the week yeah. before. And I showed up for the developmental game, the middle school developmental games, because I was a coach on a team that was playing actually against his team. And two of our friends that were mutual friends, Daryl Hughes and David Denham, those were my boys. I had known them because I worked every summer with them. Well, when I first got there, they started telling me how crazy this dude named Brandon was. And I'm like, I don't know this. I mean, they're talking to me like about Brandon. Like, I know Brandon. I'm like, I don't know who Brandon is. I have no idea who this dude is. And they're like, yeah, man, you know Brandon? I'm like, no, I don't know Brandon. He's been here a week, and y'all act like y'all have known him. We've known him, and we coached with him before. Yeah, no, I literally met, like, one of them a couple months prior, and I met yeah, them all I'm, there. I'm like, you know, like, talking about Brandon, like, we've all worked together before. So I'm like, yeah, just go along with it. And then lo and behold, here comes this dude and and, and PG rated. He just and Brandon was just full of life, and I was like, oh man, this dude. Okay, I see. And then we just started kicking it throughout that whole week. And he was actually a coach on the other team, so we just trash talked each other all week. And he was just cool people to be around. Pretty funny, pretty wild, um, and loved football. So it was pretty cool for me. And being a defensive coordinator, he was a young coach at Valpo. Um, and I didn't necessarily know, but I just we just kept in contact after that. But that's how it started is USA football and <laughs> him running down them daggone stairs and telling us this wild story. And I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this dude is crazy. But he's my kind of crazy. Okay, it's going to be a good week. for good. I just got out of an engagement. I yeah. was living my best life. Living <laughs> your best life. Okay. Young Coach Frey yes, on the sir. scene. Back in Canton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. My parents' yeah. house, like 20 minutes north of that. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So, yeah, next question. Okay, next question. All right, we got you. Well, let's bring it back a little bit. Uh, Coach Fraze, so you transferred to Kent State, right, and mm -hmm. graduated there and everything. Can you tell me kind of about, you know, did you know you wanted to coach? What were you kind of thinking as a, a young man in college and what you wanted to do after college and everything? 
Yeah, so this is where I can either tell you guys the truth or go like the truth. <laughs> the truth. Yeah. The truth. No, it's it's actually a really pretty wild story. So um, <laughs> everything's a pretty wild story. <laughs> no, no, for this, you. this, no, this, this. I mean, like if I ever make it, if I if I ever make it big, big, and like this is like the story you see, like oh okay, okay like, yeah, I'll make sure I post it on my Twitter. Then. Okay, yeah. But um, no, so I I ended up leaving Ohio Wesleyan just mainly for money factors and whatnot. Um, so I ended up going to Kent State. Um. While I was up there, that's when I kind of figured out what I wanted to do, which I was going to go be a teacher. So I got my uh, PE and health degree um, and whatnot. During that time, though, that's when I had the opportunity to go coach high school football. Um, I got put on uh, the staff in my old high school. So I worked for them for two years. Um, and then a year prior, before I, the year I graduated, I was student teaching. I had to work in another school up in Orange, Orange High School, Pepper Pike in the Cleveland area. Um, but I'll tell you guys right now, I was a terrible high school coach. Like knowing, <laughs> like knowing what I know now, like, wow, it, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, but then anyway, so at the time, I was actually engaged. Um, so I ended up getting a getting a teaching job in Ohio, which is hard. Wasn't a whole lot of jobs ago. So my fiance at the time, she moved to Charlotte. North Carolina, um, where her she was living with her grandmother, and I told myself, all right, hey, I'm gonna graduate, and you know what, I'm gonna go down there. I'm just gonna get a teaching job, coach high school. I had a buddy down there who lived right downtown, so it was cool. So I actually got down there, and I was working at a bar. And at the time, I was like, I'm like, I wanna go coach high college football. Like, how do people do this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up figuring out like there's this thing called the football scoop where you apply for jobs. And I literally just started applying for everything. Like, I'm talking, like, Purdue's wide receiver coach, like, stuff (laughs) that I wasn't even, like, qualified for. I had absolutely no shot. Like, I'm talking just anything and everything. Um, So I actually ended up getting a job at Townsend University. And it was just going to be an intern, like, entry-level type thing, a little bit of pay. I mean, not a lot to live off of, but enough to get your foot in the door. And I told my fiancé at the time, and... She got like all mad, like no, don't go, yada yada yada. And I was, it was kind of a bad relationship to where like I was kind of brainwashed. I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. whatever. So I made the call and told the coach, I was like, yeah, I'm not going. And then like right at that second, I was like, you know what? Like, what am I doing in my life? Like, I'm 22 years old. Like, this is my dream. Like, who am I to let someone hold me back from doing what I want to do? Like, yeah, you like she had her dreams, but like I had mine too. <laughs> so kept applying for jobs. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm working at the bar. It's a Sunday, it's a Sunday night. And at six o'clock, I get the call from Valpo. They're like, Hey, you know, like we want to give you this job. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> I get off work at eight o'clock at night. I immediately go home to where she, cause we were living with her grandma at the time. Mm-hmm. Tell her I'm leaving. Give me my ring back. Called my dad. Got that ring back, huh? Dad, <laughs> dad met me in Charlotte 11 o'clock at night. I packed up all my stuff. Um, we slept at a red roof inn, immediately drove to Ohio on Monday. On Tuesday morning, I packed my stuff with the Valpo and never looked back. <laughs> never looked back. My gosh. So that was all in the course of two days or how uh, many? The breakup and everything? No, no. Like, oh, uh, that was like a, like a week and a half-ish. Week, week from and the, a half From turning down from, the first from job bartender to, to coaching yeah. collegiate football. Yeah. And it was just, it was just one of those things where like... Once I did what I did, like I felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. Like yeah. that drive back from Charlotte to Ohio, like I've to this. I mean, besides my wedding day, mm. I've, <laughs> I've, 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 I've like never felt like better and like had a more clear vision yeah. about like what yeah, I wanted so, to do. Yeah. Gotcha. I guess we can ask kind of like the similar question to Coach Young, uh, how you kind of got your foot in the coaching door. Kind of how you. Uh, I know you're talking about going to KCU and not being completely in your religious faith and everything and kind of how that changed you your thoughts about it and then how you knew you wanted to be a coach and your first steps of that uh man I knew I wanted to be a coach in high school 
Um, being around Coach Jaco was just one of those deals to where that's just what I wanted to do. Um, but I actually started coaching my junior year of college. I was coaching uh, in the springtime. I started coaching at North Harden High School, which was back at home. Um, and I coached with them all summer. And then I went back to school and I started working at East Carter. So I wasn't even done playing. I would practice in the morning and go over to East Carter's uh, practices at the, in the afternoon. And I did that my junior and senior year. So I got my, my foot in the, the door a little bit early. Um, and then um, after that, my first year after I graduated, um, I went back to KCU and I was the running backs coach and director of football operations and uh, recruiting coordinator. So that was pretty cool. Um, but the, my, one of my mentors, Papa, Coach Peterson, who's the head coach at Lewis County High School now, um, told me that I had to go to grow and because I, I, I was never going to leave Kentucky. I was never going to probably leave Eastern Kentucky. I was just going to be fine with being out there. But he kind of forced me out in a sense because he knew I was never going to leave him. Um, so I started applying for jobs on Football Scoop. Um, and I was like, where do I need to go? I'm like, I don't know where to go. So my wife's from Pennsylvania. And I liked her family because they're like the Brady Bunch. Um, so I was just like, oh, that'd be cool to go live by them because uh, there's just so many of them. I was like, man, I ain't have a big family. So I was just like, that'd be dope. Yeah. Um, and so I started applying, and then King's College actually got back with me. And it was crazy because King's College was like 35 minutes from where her parents lived. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. We can just move up there, and then we can live with them and everything else. And I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And so uh, Kings officially offered me the job on, like, July. Uh, it was, like, the last week of July, but we had to be in the office August 1st. And so I, I've never packed a U-Haul that fast. <laughs> so where we packed the U-Haul, we got there. I got to Pennsylvania, Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, on uh, the last day of July. And then the next day we had to go be in the office. And so... I had a 26-foot U-Haul truck packed to the brim, and my wife and her family unloaded the whole thing because I just packed my car up and drove down to Wilkesbury, <laughs> and I was like, I got to go to work. And then it was crazy because we lived up there, but it was like a 35, 40-minute drive from where I worked at to where her parents lived at. And so, shoot, I just stayed with some of my other coaches. We was like married. It was like our real first year being married, but we didn't even live together for like the first, I don't know, like seven, eight months. I was I was sleeping on some blankets on the floor in a house. I was like a frat boy um, with all my other coaches, and we just, you know, just thugging it. Um, so it was just, it was wild, man. And it's just, I knew I wanted to do it. So it was like, at that point in time, I was not going to let anything hold me back from being a college football coach. I wasn't making a whole lot of money. I was making barely enough to – I was on state state aid, state insurance, you know, all the SNAP programs, getting food stamps, doing whatever I had to do. I didn't care. Um, some days, you know, you ain't eat too much unless one of the full-time coaches was like, hey, you want some food? And you would never say no. Um, so it was just – but it's just new. I knew I wanted to do it. I knew it. I took sacrifice, and, and I knew that one day, like – Learning for those guys at Kings would get me to where I am now, and it's just funny how it all worked out because if I didn't leave Kentucky Christian, who knows where I would have been at because I've probably still been out there doing something other than what I'm doing now. Gotcha. So it seems like y'all both made a sacrifice, made a decision set, like I'm going to do this no matter what. This mm -hmm. is Early in my life, this is what I want to do. Uh, so I guess the question for now is from there for both of y'all, I guess I'll start with Coach Frey's. How are you sitting in this chair? How did you get here? You can give me the condensed version or not. I don't know how long that is, but I know you went 
I think y'all both went to a few different colleges and stuff like that. So I guess the short version of kind of how you got to Kentucky Wesleyan now, 2023. Yeah, I mean, I got to, so I got to Valpo in, what was it, like February of 2019. So I coached that spring ball. That was kind of my first uh, exposure, like what college football is. Um, and that was a whole new staff. That guy just got the head job there. So I went through that spring with them. And to be honest, that summer I thought I was going to go GA straight to Ball State because uh, Valpo is kind of a pipeline to Ball State. Um, at the time, the D.C. there, his brother was a special teams coordinator at Ball State. Um, so our D.C. GA at Ball State, our linebackers coach new guys at Ball State, our head coach new guys at Ball State. So I thought I was going to go GA there. Um, well, I ended up being the runner-up for the spot. And it was kind of something that still eats me to this day because the guy that ended up hiring over me, I don't think he was a better coach than me. I don't think he was more organized. I think it just came down to he had more experience and stuff I didn't necessarily have. And his dad was also a big-time arena football coach, mm-hmm. which just, right. just goes to show you that was the first time I kind of got exposed to, like, oh, like, if you want to make it in this, like, you got to know people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all about so who you know. know. It's not yeah. what you know. Um so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I mean, I, yeah, I took it personal, but I, I kind of took it personal, like a chip on my shoulder, like, okay, like, you're going to tell me no, like, I'm going to show you that you should have told me yes. Um, so then I, I kept going through that whole fall season with Valpo, um, and that's where I met him that summer, because at Valpo that first year, I, uh, I was making zero dollars. Mm. I, mean, I was lucky to have grandparents that helped me out, but I was making no money. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you talk about sacrifices, like, yeah, that was a that's... huge one. I, I mean, I, I, I had great grandparents that helped me out, which was awesome. Yeah. So I was making zero dollars, and that's how like I found out what USA football was. Started working the circuit because they give you fat camp checks. Um, and I was also meeting a lot of people, too, in the college world. Mm. So I was kind of getting my name out there, and that's where I ran to Coach Young that summer. Um, and he he kind of briefly made a comment to me like, hey, like, keep doing what you're doing DB-wise. He's like, and brush up on your special teams. And in my head, I'm like, okay, like, whatever. <laughs> so then so, so I, I, we go through the season of Valpo. I mean— uh, I learned a lot. I'm, I'm forever grateful that for that experience. Okay. Um, and then like after, because I was at a D1 school, a D2 ends a week a week before mm-hmm. D1. And he called me. He's like, hey, you ready to go? And in my head, I'm like, what? He caught me. He was kind of texting me. He's like, all right, I, I'm, uh, I was like, can you be down for an interview? I'm like, oh, well, I gotta get oh my bad. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, I got, like, I was like, oh, like we still got a game. Yeah. He's like, oh no, I know, I know. Like, let's go through that. So. I had a whole week to prep for the game, and then that next Monday, uh, Tuesday, I came down for an interview. But like I'll tell you right now, like that whole game, like I was like getting ready for the interview because I was, I was making zero dollars at, uh, yeah, at yeah, Valpo. Yeah. So I was like, I'm like, I want to go get this full time job. It has insurance, everything. Like, yeah. so I started getting my interview stuff ready and whatnot. But I'll tell you right now, like that whole week during special teams meetings. Like that last, I have never took more notes in my life. Like I was, I was, Brush up on your special I, teams. I, I, I didn't care what any coach said about special teams. Like because we, we would meet as a staff on special teams and then do with the players. I wrote down everything and anything. I like I, I learned those. I mean, I should have known it before, but I was. <laughs> I really only knew the spot I was coaching, but I learned the scheme like that because I was all right. I need to, I need to know what I'm doing. So when I go to this interview, like I know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. So like that whole week, I had my all oh, I've been just notes and notes and stuff. But uh, yeah, then I got the interview. Uh, they ended up offering me the job, and then I mean, since then, I'm, yeah, I've had opportunities to leave here, but I mean, a lot of it came down to um, Coach Young pulled me out of the slumps when I wasn't making a whole lot. And then I mean, as you guys have seen, James, you've mm-hmm. been here. I mean, every year I've kind of. Um, just in a in a different level of leadership. Yeah. Just going from being the DB's coach, special teams coordinator, to uh, doing that for two years, to then Coach Young getting the head job. Um, 
making me the DC on paper last year, but I mean, it was still his show and I was learning a lot. He was kind of grooming me into that spot to like kind of where I am now where um, the defense is kind of my show and he's kind of letting me do my own things um, and just being there to give me advice when I need so. So, yeah, I mean, I could have left, but just like I said, being able to kind of go up and up and up and up is kind of what's kept me here to this day. Well, speaking into now, uh, with this being your first year as a DC, what are your key values that you're looking at out of the defense this year? Um, I would say number one is being able to have a put our brand of football on film. You know, it's it's one thing to have a game plan and have a scheme, but it's another thing to play with kind of I mean, our motto, which is a uh, swarm and eat. You know what I mean? So when team when teams watch our film, they say, "Oh, those guys play hard." All right, they have they have great effort. They have uh, tenacity when it comes to their attitudes, and I mean they're they're tough. Like yeah, they might be misaligned a couple times, but at the end of the day, they're gonna bring the fight to you. And it's just one of those things to where like I want when teams watch our films, they'd be like, all right, we 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 need to ramp up our level of practice because we know they're coming. Um, so that's that's kind of some of the key things that going in the season. Um, our motto, I me mean, Coach Young was kind of like, we need to get our swagger back. Uh, like that 2019 defense, I still or 2020 defense, the one with Keyshawn, Kurt. I mean, Hump was on the rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had R.J. Wilson, all those guys at the D-line. I mean, there. I don't think there has there's never been a defense that good that I've coached. And, I mean, to this day, that we haven't had one like that. So when we talk about getting our swagger back, getting back to that level of play to where we just had dogs in the field, they knew what they were doing, didn't matter what he called. I mean, we were going to execute and we were going to bring the fight to you. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess we can ask the uh, question to Coach Young about, okay, so you're – down with your fiance or no wife at the time, mm-hmm. F- wife's family. You're uh, kind of in the slumps as well. You're just uh, you're sacrificing, but you're trying to make it as a coach and everything. So how did you get from there to where you're sitting now? Man, um, just perseverance. The same way, you know, for Coach Phrase with just sticking through at a place. When I first got to Kings, I was making two thousand dollars a year. Um, so that's like like a hundred or two hundred dollars a month. Um, so I really couldn't pay for nothing. I really couldn't buy nothing. Um, but I just, I just knew what I had to do. And every single year, Kings they kind of grew, uh, grew me into different positions. I got a, I got a position in Res Life. I was working in Res Life, so I got my housing paid for. So then, me and my wife could live in the same place again. Um, so we finally got to move and live together and kind of start our, you know, our whole little marriage off the right way. Um, and that since the deal, and I kind of got a pay increase. And then they created a job for me at Kings because I was a really good recruiter. Um, and they told us, as long as, you know, you have above this certain number, we can get you a full-time job. And so I got my first full-time job there. And then I elevated into a co-defensive coordinator role and I was coaching defensive backs. And so all of that started working itself out. But I knew, like, I wanted to run my own defense. And I know I wanted to get the scholarship level football because Kings was Division three, And so I really wasn't looking for a job. But... Right when my daughter was born, a buddy of mine at Lockhaven called me and was like, hey, we got this DB jobs open, you know, and I want you to come down to interview for it. And so I was just doing an interview more or less for experience because I kind of got comfortable with Kings. Um, and, you know, I didn't foresee leaving there for a while because we had finally got a new place. My daughter was just born. It was kind of a great routine, had a great staff I was working with and everything else. So I was just comfortable. Um, and then I went down to the interview at Lockhaven and I had no intentions of taking it and 
lo and behold, I came home and told my wife, hey, I think I'm taking this job if they offer it to me. And they did. And we moved out there, and it was the worst experience of my life. Um, it was the worst coaching experience of my life. I mean, it was just tough because I had a newborn. Um, it was different. I was trying to learn things on the fly. I had some great kids, some great defensive coaches. My head coach was really tough. Um, he was tough on me because I had kind of got used to one head coach, and then I, I met him, and he just demanded things are way different than what I was expecting at the time. And so it was just tough mentally on me because he challenged me in ways that made me a better coach. But in that point in time, I was like, no, no, no way. Uh, but to this day, you know, you know, Dave Tainer, shout out to him, um, taught me some things about myself that just taught me different levels of perseverance, taught me different levels of structure. Um, and so, you know, I still to this day take some of the stuff that we did in Lock Haven. But I got up out of Lock Haven because I got a job in Indiana as a defensive coordinator at a Division three school with Steve Rock at Anderson University, um, where I first learned about James um, when I was at Anderson University, which is closer to him. But I went out to Indiana, and it was just kind of full circle because I'm from Western Kentucky, like an hour from here. And then I went to Eastern Kentucky and went up to Pennsylvania and then kind of made a loop back down to Indiana um, was there in Indiana for we moved three times in one calendar in one one year. Mm. Uh, so I was at Lock Haven from uh, I got there in May and I left Lock Haven in November. I got to Anderson in December um, and I was in Anderson from December to November of the next year. And then I took the job here with with Coach East with Craig um, and Craig and I had coached against each other and he was like, hey. You know, I love your defense. I love what you do with defense. I want you to come be my defensive coordinator. Um, but I wasn't his first choice. Uh, he wanted to hire somebody else, but he told me about that. And he had a boy that, you know, they you know, they had planned all this out, but his boy backed out on him at the last minute. So I was like, heck, yeah, I want to I wanna go to Kentucky <laughs> Wesleyan. Yeah, I want to go home. Um, so I came here, man, and I just fell in love with the place. I actually, like Coach Frey said, we was out of here. Me and Coach Fraser were gone. Um, that year we had that really good defense. Yeah. That was the only reason we stayed was because of that defense because I got another head coaching job that I literally – I was on the plane talking to him like, yo, I think I'm about to turn it down. Like we had mapped out <laughs> like where we were going to live at, where was, he was going to live yeah. at, what he was going to do. You know, this was my D.C., so this is my rider right here. I just know we was out. Like every job I applied for that he knew about, like he would know. I was like, hey, I'm applying for this job, so be ready. And then he'll start Googling, <laughs> start uh, Googling. like where him and his, his fiance at the time could live at. But no, that KCU job, my alma mater had offered me a job, and I talked to him, and I, when we was on a plane, I was getting ready to go on a plane. I was like, bro. I think I'm about to turn this job down. And he was like, what? I was on a boat when he told me. He was like, he was like what? <laughs> no, nah, because we had mapped this out. Like, we knew I was going to take that job. And then I was like, dog, I don't know. I just think this defense can be really special. And if we have this defense, we can go wherever we want to go. Um, and then lo and behold, I turned that job down. And six months later, I got the head coaching job at KWC. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I didn't even have to leave my kids. And I'm a D2 head coach instead of an NAI head coach. Yeah. Uh, so it was just crazy, man. I mean, life gives you all kind of twists and turns. Um, but to just persevere through a lot of the different things that you could have easily taken this route or you could have done that. And it's so funny because he graduated from Kent State and I had a GA job at Kent State that fell through which kept me at Kings another year, which gave me the lock haven. It's just wild. Yeah, Because yeah. if I went to Kent State, then I know, like, I don't know where I'd be at because I, I know I wouldn't be here if I went to Kent State because <laughs> I would have met so many people and networked yeah. and the dude I would have been working for now is the DB's coach at Iowa State. And 
And who knows, but I'm happy where I'm at, though. That's for sure. Um, going into your <clears> second <throat> year as a head coach, what are some key values that you instilled this year into the team as a whole? Uh, culture. Um, just understanding. A lot of people say that's an overused phrase, but for us it's not. Um, just understanding, like, you know, you look at last week's game, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit, but our identity, like Coach said, our brand that we're, we're trying to make sure that it's on display every time you turn on the tape is – um, and just the, the way that you guys feel about each other, the way you guys fight for one another, um, just relentless in attacking that as far as making sure that you guys build an unbreakable bond so there's no moment in any game that you guys don't feel like you can't band together and get through whatever it is to win that football game. Um, and I know that if we have the underlying foundation of teamwork and camaraderie, that will win a lot of football games on the field. That'll take care of itself. But I, my biggest thing is I wanted you guys to start enjoying your college experience more. And I know the only way for that to happen is for you guys to actually feel like you got a home within our locker room and a home with the guys you're around all the time. And it hadn't always been that way here, and we're too small of a school for that not to be taking place. Um, so that was my number one thing. I told all the coaches this summer that we're not going to be we're not going to be lenient on as far as developing that chemistry amongst our guys and amongst our team. Um, so that was my biggest thing heading into year two. I learned so much from year one that I thought I knew that I had no clue. Um, and, you know, just being more demanding on things that I don't need to compromise on as a head coach, um, especially if they're things I believe in. I got guys around me that believe in the same thing and guys that around me that I know if, you know, like I'm under the weather right now and if I had to miss this whole week of practice, I wouldn't be worried about it because I know Coach Frey believes in the same things I do. It might be – it might sound a little different. It might be thought about the same different, but we're always on the same page. And so that's one of the things as far as that camaraderie and chemistry we have as a staff bleeds through our players, which bleeds through our program, which bleeds into our school. So I knew in order for us to take that, that big jump in year two um, that we all had to be on the same page as far as from top to bottom, side to side. I can say as a freshman coming here last year and then this year, there's a big difference just in kind of like that brotherhood that you instill and the toxicity. You know, there were some last year that's mm -hmm. for sure out. I mean, like, you know, but I feel like it takes <coughs> usually pretty longer for a program to kind of turn itself around in culture. But I can see already a huge difference this year. Mm -hmm. And just knowing, like, I can talk to any one of my brothers on the team about anything or go to y'all about anything. So I think you've done a great job of just turning this team around and getting us to where we're a brotherhood now, and um, we're going to play anyone, and we don't care who. So Exactly. And that's the – man, somebody told me this, and I'll never let it go. Um, it was actually Caleb Neiman, our women's basketball coach. He was like, man, you – what you're trying to do is like turning the Titanic. And he was like – because I was talking about the women's basketball culture. is unbelievable. Mm. Those girls are always together. Those girls are cheering on each other. Those girls are playing hard for one another. They're always just together. And he was like, yeah, we got a little rowboat. You got the Titanic. It's going to take longer to turn yours around than it is ours. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. I didn't even think about it like that. And so all I kept thinking about was that Titanic. And I started to build it last year towards the end of the season because I realized the toxicity that we had on the team. And so I grabbed the younger guys and put my arms around those guys to get them all to stick together. And that's why we had 73 guys return to our team this fall from last spring. It's because I just wrapped my arms around those guys earlier to kind of shield them from some of the stuff and let them know that it was never going to always be like this. But they had to logistically in their minds make the change and want to be the change and, I, and you was a part of that to where you know you can't be afraid to be a young guy you know you as a redshirt freshman can't be afraid to use your voice and you know right is right and wrong is wrong um, and I think that's where a lot of our growth has happened is guys willing to understand like how we do things what we do and, and the standard in which we do things so 
Yeah, I'm trying. We're trying. So that's all we're going to do every day is just keep trying at it. Well, I can say me being a fifth year. Oh, uh, head. Yeah, oh, head. <laughs> oh, gee. Literally. Uh, the program has definitely changed tremendously. Like, it's a, it has a tremendous upside. And I believe that Coach Young, you have done a great job with uh, getting coaches that believe. Mm-hmm. And also getting players to believe and not be able to, you know, because – Right now we're in the we're in the hold of the transfer portal. People are quick to jump in the transfer portal. So I think you just done a gr- a good job of bringing a nucleus back and then also bringing the new guys along mm-hmm. to to mesh as one basically. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing you said is those coaches, man. I mean, I had to make some tough decisions at the last season, but we have our coaching staff is unbelievable. And the one thing about our coaching staff is they can they can take a lick and keep on taking. Like, there's no, there's no real egos in our room. I mean, we have some tough conversations with staff um, to where people, you know, might feel some type of way after we get done. But by the time we get out to practice, it was like the conversation never was had. Um, and so, you know, it's just one of those things where that camaraderie speaks volumes, like you said. And so I'm just excited all the way around. I know we just play one of the best teams in the nation. But nobody, I mean, if, you, if you're inside of our walls, none of us were affected by the results that took place down there. Actually, there was more positive <laughs> things that came out of that game, the negative things. So I'm just ready to go get on this bus to go to Liberty, Missouri. Yes, sir. I think I guess we can talk about last week and everything. Like you said, uh, like we lost, but I think for sure we took, we're taking a lot more positives out of the negatives. Uh, I don't – it wasn't anything about <clears> – first of all, none of us were scared at all. They're number seven team ranked in D2, but none of us were scared. I think when we were lined up right and we did what we were supposed to do – we were playing with them, and there was nothing. Absolutely, there was nothing that we were scared of. There was nothing that they were just doing that was crazy. Right. I think a lot of it was like you said, either misalignment or you know, mess up on a play, a few penalties here and there. Uh, that's just gonna be how it is. Of course, refs aren't gonna take our viewpoint. I'm never gonna blame on refs, but that never. didn't help either. But we're Kentucky Wesleyan, so that's how it's gonna go. <laughs> right. But uh, like you said, I think there's a lot more good that we can take out than bad, and uh, I think we played. Uh, a lot. I mean, a lot better for sure than other people thought. Uh, of course, I'm not. I'm never good for moral victories. I'm mm. still not happy with it. But I think we took a lot of good and positive out of it. Right. I mean, I I tell you all the time. I'm the biggest sore loser in the world. Um, but my dad says he's a bigger one, so I guess I give him that credit. But nonetheless, I mean, like you said, I'm not for moral victories. But me and Coach Fraze were sitting down and we have the world's longest conversations about nothing sometimes. <laughs> Which is pretty cool because it's just nice to be able to yeah. talk to somebody yeah. and just. But we were just talking after the game was over, man, and it was like I was telling him because he that was his first game down on the sideline, the full game, and you know he was he was into it. You know, you kind of <laughs> as a coach, you just hit this other side of like reality. You just black out literally, yeah. and you're so involved in the game, you feel like you're out there with your players. Mm-hmm. And I seen him hit that point, yeah. and he was <laughs> yeah. calling out That's things, good. and he was seeing things. And then there was one point in the game, he made a statement, and you know, watching the film, a statement was on board. I mean, because he knew we knew what they were doing. It was just one of those things to where we as players need to persevere and trust that what's going on, and us as coaches need to make sure that we're putting our guys in the positions to be successful. But man, there were so many just start toughness was on full display and I think the one thing the moral victory I will take out of it is this is the first time in my five years here that I've never heard us on the sideline 
bickering, mm. pointing fingers, blaming this, blaming that. Even when the refs weren't even making calls for us, we didn't care. Yeah. Just put the ball down. Let us play football. And this was the first time like we had a team, the whole team, offense, defense, special teams, to where people just wanted to play football. It didn't matter what the situation was. Just let us go play football. Um, and so that was one thing that you take away from it, and that has us rearing and ready to go and excited about this week, to be honest. With the positive takeaways, I can ask both of you, considering that y'all both offensive and defensive coordinators, um, what with the takeaways from last week can you go and use into going into William Joe this week? Um, I think defensively, is our, our biggest takeaway is we're a really, really good defense. I mean, um, hmm. ju- just watching that film, I mean, I know you guys are in the defensive film meeting, is that like we were so close to – Holding them to let's say fourteen points realistically, yeah, Tw- yeah. twenty one would probably be more realistic. Like we were so close, yeah. Um, and I think that's the biggest takeaway that we are a really good defense, and it's it's going to take a lot to score points. So it's going to it's going to take a lot to get first downs on us. Um, the the most thing that I was most proud about on the defensive side of the ball was we had a game plan and we stuck to it. I mean, there was some leaks in that game plan to where, I mean, we gave up some points. Um, mm. There, I mean, there's I'm not gonna lie. There's some time. There's some time. That I wish we would have called things a little differently, but the fact that we stuck to it and we we knew exactly what we were getting into. We protected deep ball. Um, we did a great job of stopping the run. Now we need to get better off. We need to do a better job of getting off the field on on third down. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we stuck to our game plan, mm-hmm. and it, it, it was just it just goes to show, like Coach Young said, that once we get everyone buying in and we correct some of those leaks, I mean, we have an opportunity to be if not the best defense in all the GMAC, one of the best defenses in Division Two football. Mm. Um, and I mean, especially once the offense gets to rolling, how I know they're going to be rolling, and they're going to be rolling on this Saturday, mm-hmm. that just makes oh, our yeah. jobs even easier as a defense because we're on the sure. field for less plays. Um, the time of possession is going to be way in our favor when it comes to the offense side of the ball. So at this point, yeah, we had an okay day, but we just get better. Mm-hmm. No, and he's right, you know, from an offensive perspective. I mean, uh, if you uh, take away some of the miscues with the two sacks that we had, uh, which was one was a long fumble we had to recover, which lost us yardage, we ran the ball for over 170 yards on the number seven ranked team in the nation Mm -hmm. um, with three new starters on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. So that is just their first game getting their feet wet. Um, playing together, I mean, it's different from practice because you kind of get familiar faces and you know people and you're leaning on people and they're tired and um, things of that nature. But now, you know, I think our offensive line took a drastic step forward and understanding that they can be as bad as they want to be and then knowing that we have the backs to be able to do whatever we want to do in the run game and then being able to push it all down the field when we want to. So just the chemistry and the game reps was needed for us. We had, you know, if you look at our starters on offense, we had two new starting wide receivers, two new starting slots. Uh, we had the only people that were returning on our offense, we had three out of 11 people. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, four out of 11 people that were returning starters. So we had seven new starters on our first drive, and we should have scored a touchdown on the yeah. sixth play of the game. Uh, we had a wide open pass that we didn't see, um, but should have, would have, could have. Um, we'll get it corrected, but it's one of the things to where our um, our, t- our our two units just feed off each other. We go down and score, our defense comes out electric because our special teams, Cole Carthorn and Blake, are just, man, those two are godsends um, as far as what God gave them in their legs and their ability because you go down and punch it in 
We get the seven on the board. Cole kicks it through the back of the end zone. Our defense has somebody backed up. They get off the board or get off the field the way they do. Um, and then you come out and you sustain another drive on offense. It's just complimentary football has been played and will be displayed this Saturday uh, when we go up to Liberty, Missouri. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, being able to, you know, open up our offense a little bit more. I mean, West Florida has some some dudes up front to where we knew they were going to be tough to block, um, especially with three new starters on the offensive line. But, you know, now we got some more chemistry, so now we can do a few things different um, than we did last week. Yeah, uh, I think we're all excited in this room to use the energy from last week heading into this week because I know <laughs> I think we all kind of got a chip on our shoulder. Uh, I know <laughs> last year uh, we were their Super Bowl for sure. For um, sure. That was their, you know – Big game of getting against us. And like you said, we're not going to blame anything or anyone because the loss is a loss for sure. But there were some things stacked against us. But I think everyone – I hear conversations that y'all don't hear, of course, being mm-hmm. in the locker room or anything like that. And I think everyone is at least, say, uh, mad and uh, ready to go back down there and play. I know it's going to be a great environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think it matters if we played in Missouri or uh, – it doesn't matter if we, we want to go in the, in the parking lot. In the parking lot. It does not matter. Yeah, I think we're all – very excited to go down there and play, and uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, we uh, coach phrase for sure for defense. Uh, I know we're both defensive guys. Has a great game plan, but it's mostly just going to get like Coach Ray was saying back to our brain of football. And uh, yep. our our goal is to you know not let them score. I don't want a field goal. We don't want nothing, you know. And if they do, we don't want another one. Uh, that's going to be our next play mentality. But we for sure don't even want them to see the end zone. And I know um, Coach uh, Young's. <laughs> mentality heading this game is uh you know hopefully breaking that scoreboard and you know blowing the bulbs out so i think we're all excited uh for this game coming up at william jewel uh, yep. i mean it's just i don't know i mean <laughs> if there was a rival that we have on our schedule it's these guys um i'm just gonna be honest i mean there's another team i know coach phrase is gonna say if y'all ever bring us back on october the 7th that's who he believes our rival is, but right now we ain't played that school yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, I mean, if there was a school that you know we got on our schedule besides every school in the GMAC, <laughs> that is our rival. It's definitely this one. Um, so yeah, no, nah, y'all got my message loud and clear last night on how I yeah, feel. Yeah. Um, so if you weren't <laughs> Not much there, to say, if you to don't do. know, you don't know, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> people. <laughs> Not but, much to say, just do. Yeah, if you weren't outside at ten thirty, ten forty, whenever we in the practice, <laughs> in the rain, in the rain, hear me yell, um, then you don't know. But hmm. I get, you, I bet you my players do. So we're all good on that. Uh, on, on you guys is both respectable sides of the ball. Who are some key players that y'all are looking forward to? breakout this year uh i can start with that one i think um for us i think starting at the d-line i mean i think we have a tremendous defensive line um just in terms of especially our four starters i mean when they're going they're going um so i mean when it comes to defense i'll say just them as a collective whole i mean we have two freshmen starting down there interior wise with jeremiah lightfoot and kj hardesty um and if you haven't seen the film, I mean, Jeremiah Lightfoot playing that nose, I mean, he, <laughs> he's you know, he, he is he hard to block. He resets the <laughs> um, line of scrimmage. Yes. And uh, that was against uh, an O-line last week that was average like 330. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're going to a little smaller one. I know I'm excited for that game as well. And I'm excited to see what the <laughs> chain gang does that oh, game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about those guys. They'll show up. I mean, then you got on the outside, you got – um, Bishop Bird and Jaden Lopez, who are both three three year starters, um, who can mean can do a lot of really really good things. Um, so I mean, I come break out. I say the whole entire D line. Um, when it comes to that next level, um, someone who impressed me a lot last week, and I think he's really 
matured and grown up, grown up himself is uh, Zeroway Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I thought he had a couple MAs, but I um, mean, I think that's the first time since I've been here I've ever seen him stack a completely whole entire game and play well mm-hmm. the entire game. Mm-hmm. Usually he has some big blowups, but I mean, I, I was really impressed in him last week. Um, and then on the back end, I mean, I thought our corners played tremendously well. I mean, the the whole um, game plan was to protect the deep ball, protect the beat ball, minus the big one where may have pushed off, may have not pushed off. I mean, oh well. I mean, um, Brandon Monroe. I mean, he there ain't no reason he can't have a All American season like Keyshawn mm-hmm. Walker. Yeah. Now they got to throw at him. Will they do that? I don't know. <laughs> but luckily for him, he's got a Cedric Kerr on the other side, and yeah. Jacoby North and um, KJ Whitney Ray. Yeah. So they have to throw at somebody. Um, we we really have a three headed monster at that corner spot, mm-hmm. um, and then safety wise too. I mean, there's not a safety that dresses for us that I don't feel um, I'm comfortable putting them all in. Yeah, I mean, don't yeah. matter what spot they're in, all three of them play all three spots, and they're gonna be able to play it at a high level. So I wouldn't necessarily say there's breakout players. I think at this point, I mean, with our defense, each after week, someone's gonna step up, someone's mm-hmm. gonna make big plays. Yeah. There's not going to be that one clear guy that's always doing it. We got 11 guys, 12, 15 guys that play for us that have the ability to do it at all times. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably the same for offense, too. I know there's multiple people. I know how y'all run the ball and everything. There's multiple people getting touches and yeah. everything like that. So Yeah, I'm just telling you, if we just talk about all conference breakout, mark it down, Kaya Sherrard, mm-hmm. just number five. If he's not GMAC player of the week this week, then I didn't do my job. But he'll be somebody that's talked about a lot after the season's over. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, dude is just special, and his brother is too. Both of them should have had touchdowns last week. Um, and so it's my goal to make sure I put them in spots to be able to have success. Um, and then you got C. Will, Dianco. There's just so many pieces on offense to where I, I just I get to call plays and just say, oh, who's in? Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> just It doesn't matter who's in the game because those dudes all can get it and go. Um, and then another name I think that you guys, you know, that um, you'll see here, spot playing here a little bit and here and there and getting his feet wet is number 15, Aiden Hooper. Um, William and Jill will meet him quickly this Saturday. Um, so <laughs> Aiden Hooper they'll, they'll find out real quick who number 15 is mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a taste of their own medicine with the same number and everything yes <laughs> mm-hmm. okay well uh, I guess we'll move on from that uh, we talked too much about uh, William and Jewel anyways because there's nothing to do just to play you know we're ain't nothing to it but do it yep that's right uh, we'll, we'll just take a quick look, uh, kind of how the uh, the GMAC looked uh, this week, or I Everybody guess last week. Everybody lost except for Walsh and Tiffin. I was going to say, everyone <laughs> lost except for Walsh and Tiffin. Uh, Walsh won 24-21 against West Liberty, and Tiffin rolled over McKendree University. Uh, Ashland lost 17-24 to Indiana University as well, of Pennsylvania as well. So that's just a quick look at the conference. We really won't, I guess, see much until we start playing, you know, mm-hmm. conference against conference. So that was just a quick overview. Home opener next week, podcast people. Home opener against Walsh. There you go. Make sure to come out to that. Uh, and then we can kind of look at some of the D1 games as well. We can talk <coughs> about Coach Young's Buffaloes. Yeah. Dion. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am a super bandwagoner Colorado <laughs> Buffalo. Ever since Dion got hired, I've been on the Buffalo train. We coming. We here. I knew it was going to happen. So y'all better put some respect on that man's name. So what's the most impressive performance? Uh, Travis Hunter, 120 receiving yards and interception. Like what? How many snaps did he get? 145. 
There you go. Sh- uh, Shadur Sanders, uh, 510 passing yards with four touchdowns. Sheesh. Dylan Edwards with 135 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Four receivers with over 100 yards. That's just... That's insane. That is insane. Spreading the ball out uh, that and is, everything That's else. insane, especially because we all play with the new clock rules. So how they did that, I mean, good Lord. I would hate if you to were be watching a TCU's defense coordinator. Yeah. I was about to yeah, say, yeah. what would you say if you were a defense coordinator? I, was, I watched the second right half, and it's like every team scored within two minutes at right. least. I mean, it was just <laughs> uh, the third quarter and fourth quarter changed. Just It was just back and forth like a basketball game. So It was a fun game to watch. And uh, I think they take on uh, Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, they take on Nebraska game. this week. So that will be also a good game to watch as well. Um we also had, uh, well, Morris for that game through uh, for TCU's quarterback. Uh, 280 yards, two touchdowns, but also two interceptions late. But Bailey rushed for 164 yards, so that was a high-scoring game. Um, you had Duke overtake Clemson for... That hurt my heart. That hurt your heart? That hurt my heart. That hurt you. Are you a Clemson fan? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Y'all look terrible. I think our problem is we don't use the transfer No, did you portal, see the but... stat? <laughs> yeah. The... No, no, did you see when Clemson's downfall started happening? Nah. The day Dabo Sweeney uh, ranked Ohio State number 11, the very next day they got whooped. <laughs> yeah, he's since, then, since then, <laughs> they're 21 and 8. Oh, since like, the day he ranked them 11, they went to national, and then they got beat. They were 21 and 8. <laughs> it was 21 so and 8. You rush for 200 yards, pass over 200 yards, and still lose the game that bad. Every time we touched the red zone, it was, <laughs> it was, it was. I didn't know you were a Clemson fan. That's pretty awesome to find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be a good year for them, I suppose. No. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina versus North Carolina as well. Kind of a little rivalry there. Uh, there was nine sacks against Rattler, I knew, but he also threw for 353 yards. Uh, May threw for 269 with two touchdowns and two late picks as well. Mm. Uh so that was also a great game to watch. That was just some of the D1 over. Uh, do y'all have any other games that you want to talk about that you saw that were <coughs> pretty impressive or struck your eye? Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, no. Louisville beat Georgia Tech. That's good. Yeah, that that was a that's my team right there. They, that was a me and Coach Mills. Yeah, me I'm a and Louisville Coach Mills. Fan. I that's, grew up a Louisville diehard fan. Yeah, it's hard in Kentucky too. Man, yeah, all I ain't worried they, about none of them blue cats. <laughs> they They're all breathing down your neck. UK almost got beat. I know, the, sco- State. I, I yeah, know yeah. the score is just a little bit different, but they, they yeah. <laughs> I hope they lose beat. everything. Speaking of that, UT Martin versus Georgia, it was seventeen to zero at the halftime, so it wasn't too bad. And then you know, you know how that ended, but you know anyways. how that goes. <laughs> that got a end score, so a little different. Y'all so uh, I guess look, looking at it right now, um, who's y'all's favorite for Heisman? I know it's early, way too early, but uh, Travis Hunter, Shador Sanders. Yeah, mine's for. I'm looking at Travis Hunter for if they sure. They play uh, like that every week. I mean, it's the Pac-12. I mean, it's gonna be video play. game numbers every week. To be honest, I think it's wide open. Yeah, if this you, is the most wide, wide open because if yeah. you look, if you look at uh, like this year's potential quarterback draft class, mm. all those dudes went off for 400 plus yards, multiple <laughs> yeah. TDs. Like there was. Multiple. There was ten plus quarterbacks that just went off. Just, yeah, just so it's really, I mean, it's really going to come down to who can be most consistent. Yeah, I yeah. mean, let's be real. Shador ain't going to throw five hundred yards every single game. Uh, yeah, that was insane. There, yeah, he's <laughs> he's spreading them out. Uh, so that was last week. Uh, we can uh, kind of just touch up on some uh, the looks for this week for some games. Uh, I know that Kansas and Illinois play. I think that'll be a good game. Um, Ole Miss versus Tulane. Uh, I honestly think Tulane might beat Can or uh, Tulane. My, my bad. Tulane might beat Ole Miss, but uh, I guess we'll see about that. Uh, like we said, Nebraska versus Colorado. 
and the Aggies Skull take on buffs. <laughs> and the Aggies take on uh, Miami. Uh, so there's just a few games to kind of look at. Uh, I think the biggest game is Alabama versus Texas this mm-hmm. week. I'm t- Texas upset win. Texas. You're saying Market. that? <laughs> Say no. It's on air. I'm He's calling rolling. right now. Texas upset win. Okay. All right. You heard it here, Coach Phrase. So if anyone wants to make fun of him next week, you <laughs> heard it here uh, on air. Twenty to twenty-seven, Texas. Whoa. Twenty twenty-seven. Steve Starkeesian over Nick Saban. Okay, we ain't never been against Nick. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Nick. I'm uh, I'm not a big fan of Alabama's OC. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Coach Frey showing that chip on his shoulder. Had a little running with him. He can go kick rocks. (laughs) Oh, okay. So this is personal. Yeah, (laughs) he knows. Okay, all right. Look up his name, but yeah, he's uh. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right. He's some bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah. All right, good to know. You got anything else, James? Uh, no, I don't have anything else. I mean, I know NFL is starting up, and I know Coach Young's a big Baltimore Ravens fan. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, we gonna smash right, no, the Lamar Texans Jackson is mine and Coach Young. That's ours. I mean, he's. Yeah. I think he's he's my um early NFL MVP favorite, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the new OC and everything. Talk but. that talk, tell him. They're going to actually be able to and pass the, the ball. And we in the bank this Sunday. Mm-hmm. In the bank mm-hmm. at home. You can put this on the record. Cleveland Browns win the division. Uh, don't. Uh, Ohio yeah, Native do Coach yeah. Phrase. We can wrap the podcast up. Coach Phrase. We can wrap the podcast up. Cleveland Browns win the on. AFC North. Coach Phrase looks like he needs wow. some sleep. Yeah, we need to. Uh, <laughs> Those Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Pittsburgh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the podcast's over. Yeah. This <laughs> Y'all is got a lot of editing to do anyway. We got that part out. Yeah, we got to wrap this up with that. Uh so I think that's all. Thank you all for coming on. I know y'all are appreciate busy. Y'all. First guest. First biscuit. guest of the PFP. We appreciate y'all and everything y'all do. PFP. Uh-huh. Yep. Think about it. Think about it. Panthers Field Podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate y'all for coming out. Appreciate you. Thanks.